Hey, we're looking forward here to have Mitch Beckman, our guest. Uh, he's from Weber in just north of Houston, Texas. And, and we're, again, our topic area that we're focusing on is getting the best hires at the end of the day with your hiring process, people that can perform, but we're focusing on the beginning process, the calibration of getting things lined up so success can be easier in the future in your hiring process. So um, Mitch, welcome, maybe introduce yourself. And let's talk about what, what you really focus on in that beginning stage of the hiring process. Wow. Well, thanks. Uh, well, Weber, you know, we, we are a uh, infrastructure company. Um, so we build highways, bridges, roads, airports, uh, water, wastewater projects, a little over 3,000 employees. Uh, most of our work right now is in Texas. Some work up in Virginia and Atlanta. And uh, so we, we stayed busy and through this thing called COVID, um, we've been deemed an essential company. So we have the gift of work. We get to continue to work. And, uh, and what a privilege that is in the world that we're living in right now. And so we want to fully take advantage of that. Over the last three months, we've hired over almost, uh, over 500 and 637 people or something just in the last three months to work out on our projects and stuff. So we're, we're very focused still on, on uh, finding talent and people out there to do the work uh, that we have to do. We keep the country moving. Absolutely. Well, that's impressive for what you guys are accomplishing through COVID. Um, so Mitch, let's dive into it. What do, what do you look at when, when you're trying to really get your hires correct in this process? What are the factors? What are the things that, your teams are calibrated on that you really focus on in the interview process? Well, I'm going to really kind of focus on probably some really new school thoughts that are old school thoughts. And that is, is we, we've always got to get back to what are the knowledge, skills, and abilities of a job. We've got to understand what the job and what we're asking and what's the profile of the person um, that's going to meet that. Uh, sometimes we think that, uh, like for Weber, you know, someone says you build roads, highways, and bridges. And the truth of the matter is, is, is that we're not just in the construction business, but we're in the people business because we got to get things done with people. Yeah. And, and there's a, there's a evolution, even, even the way a project manager works or a, a superintendent on a project works, it's, it's changed. And so the dynamic, let's take a superintendent on the project. The old school is, is the guy was out there barking orders. He's the general of the project. And, you know, you can get a dressing down or dressing up. I mean, you know, just barking, um, maybe a few choice words thrown in there to uh, try to motivate. Well, you can't motivate people that way. That's not even acceptable on a, uh, on a construction job site anymore. Uh, people can walk right down the street and 25 cents, 50 cents more an hour and get a new job same day. And so you've got to, you've got to understand what the, the position is calling for and what is the, uh, the behavior that you want out of that. Um, our recruiting team at Weber meets with the CEOs of, and, and, and the presidents of the divisions that we have in our company, and they'll have meetings. And they'll understand what projects are coming up what is our depth chart that we have as far as talent that we need to assign? Is somebody finishing up one project that can move in from another? 
how does that team going to work together? And so when we're looking for a job, we're thinking about the dynamics of what the team looks like and, and the, the personalities that may be involved to make sure that we're matching those. But what are, what are the knowledge? What are the skills? What are the abilities? Uh, we lose sight of that. I many times challenging, and, and it's nothing new with me. It's said all the time is, is a lot of times in the hiring process, we, we, in, from, that, from the handshake and sitting down in that first 30 seconds to a minute, we decide whether or not we want to hire this person or not. And then we spend the next 59 minutes trying to qualify what we already think. And we got to get beyond that. And, and, and most people will tell you that um, the truth is it's a gut feel. I felt good about this person. I like the way they did this. And, and I said, well, what about their skills? What about their abilities to do it? Well, you know, we, we, never, we really never got there, but man, I really like this guy and, and why, or, or man, this gal was incredible with, with this. And so we, we, we got to understand what we're hiring. And a lot of times we don't understand it. We think of it's a project engineer. And, and if I went to some of these folks and said, well, tell me exactly what your project engineer is going to do. Sometimes they can't, validate that and so that's something that's important to understand what the need is and match that person now do they always have the skills sometimes I want to look do they have the capacity to be able to pick up the skills uh, this morning we we're talking we need a, a, a new recruiter within Weber that we're looking to hire and they're like well do you want a talent level management acquisition as a manager now actually I'm looking for that person that's almost ready to get there you know but uh, we want to lift them up. I want, I want to know, do they have the spunk? Do they have the ability? Do they have the tenacity uh, to get something done? And so we know what the profile looks like. And so that's what's important. You've got to get manager um, of your divisions with your recruiters and, and understand it absolutely the whole picture. We're not just hiring a position. We're hiring a person. And how does how's that going to relate? And, and we need to look. You're at basically that. speaking what we believe at Titus. We talk about uh, understand the whole person. We call it the head, the heart, and the briefcase. Yeah. So understand conceptually what they bring to the table from all three categories. Um, so it's, I love to hear what you're speaking to. Um, how about in terms of how many employees do you guys have? Uh, Three thousand. Three thousand. So that's a lot of hiring that happens. How do, you, how do you get a company of that size to have some form of systematic approach to getting it calibrated properly um, and consistently? Maybe yeah. speak to that. So, I mean, we are spread out, you know, from, from Houston to Dallas to Austin, San Antonio, Lubbock, you know, Galveston, throughout the thing. And so, one, you've got to rely on people. Uh, within your system to calibrate, to understand those, you know, where we're talking about the person with the position and stuff, and then have the, the systems in place uh, to find, to locate, to, to bring in. Now, a lot of our folks are craft, you know, a large amount of our craft are the concrete form finished guys, operators and things like that. Uh, and, and we know where to find and, and referral programs within the, within the company and and, and, and sometimes we feel like we're in the insurance business. Who do you know? Who would you want to be in the boat with you? Um, you're out here in this project, this battle, this war that we're on to get this bridge built. Who do you, who do you know? And, and so that's a, a, a big part of our, our system. 
Um, but uh, we, we just, you know, I think you've used the word several times, the alignment, the calibrating alignment of, of, of understanding and always going back and checking, you know, are these the things that we really want? Is this really what we need to do? And then, but, but understanding internally, one of the things that, that I preach continuously is, is simply this, is we spend more money and more time recruiting other people's people, other companies' people, than we do recruiting our own people. If, if I got married to my wife and I said, good, this is great. We're married, congratulations. Here's the kitchen, here's the living room, here's everything, this is great. Man, enjoy this. And I don't invest in that marriage from this point on. There's not going to be much of a marriage. But yet we do that with people all the time. We bring them into our company. We take them through a day of orientation, a couple of days. We hand them the keys. We give them the car. We say, here's your project. Go make it happen. And yet we don't invest in them another minute uh, on, on who they are to develop them and to show them we have a thing called the Weber way and Weber culture. Uh, of, of them understanding that that heartbeat of who we are um, and so many times I just I, I see that and so we want to focus on investing and recruiting our own people making sure they know that they're valued because every person has incredible significance within your company not because of what they do not because of what they deliver but because they're a person and when you begin to look at people and you begin to shape who they are I don't even know if I'm answering your question anymore, but anyways, here we go. But, but when you begin to shape uh, people for who they are and, 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 and understand the significance they have, they're going to pick up on that and they're going to feel engaged. You know, the, the stats are out there. You can see them from Corn Ferry, PwC. Everybody has the stats on engagement. Most people have uh, quit, um, but they're still in your company getting a paycheck, but they quit a long time ago. And so how do you get them engaged? Well, we got to start recruiting uh, inwardly first. We got to look at our people. And some we have positions and, and, you know, I've got people that are regional VPs inside Weber that 10 years ago, uh, 14 years ago, were interns in our yeah. company. And so now, and now they're regional VPs, uh, or area managers within the company. And they started here as interns, which is just amazing. Our CEO of our company was an intern in Ferrovial in Spain. And now he's, you know, been with the company all these years. And now he's the CEO, president of Weber. So. Love this. Okay. I got some questions here. So go, let's go. I, we, we're supposed to be talking about recruitment, but you're just yeah. off and talking about what you want to talk about, which is totally fine. Uh, in, I want to go back uh, to ask about how do you train um, hiring managers to not hire with their gut and hire with their head, but clearly you're just going to keep bringing it back to evaluating a people. So we'll go down that road. Um, yeah, yeah. So how do you, you talk about the, the value and the intrinsic value of people um, just because they're people and not just because they're um, a number or they're um, a resource to get your job done. How do you, do you have a process at Weber to really tie people to the goals, the performance goals and objectives of the company uh, with their skill set and valuing them as, a, as individuals? Do you, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's this, yeah. uh, 
I can say, I mean, Gallup, you, you mentioned some of the, the polls out there, PwC and Gallup says 67% of employees are actively disengaged at work. Yeah. Um, meaning they're counterproductive for what you hire them to do. How do you actually tie that, those kind of the value of individuals saying, listen, you're unique, you're special, you have unique talents and gifts mm-hmm. to actually get them to get the job done? What, yeah. what do you do at Weber? Talk, talk about that. Well, we, we show them how their position absolutely works in the process of getting work done. You know, how, so many times you hear people say, well, uh, the guy's out there on the project, and they are. They're out there working day in, day out. They're out there. It's Texas. We're in a heat advisory. Those men and women are on our projects right now, and they are killing it and, and, and getting a project done. All the while, right now, because of COVID, they're wearing face shields or masks on and gloves. I mean, it's, it's incredible how they show up day in and day out. First thing that we have to do is we, by significance, one of our values is safety. And so, I mean, it's, it's not something, again, you put on the wall, it's something you put in the heart of people, that this is really important, that every man and woman is important. You know, when we look at, at, at safety, we say it's all about family. And so when you not only preach that, but you show that. I had an intern last year, an intern that was in our company who saw something unsafe on a project and stopped the project. An intern. That's awesome. Um, And so when people see that, they understand that they have significance in it and you take care of folks. Um, But then you also, what's the culture of your company? What is it that you wanted to be? And so that you're always managing. We recruit against our culture statement. We recruit and look for people. I mean, our culture statement starts off with this, this right here. We are high energy, low ego. Right there is the first line of a job description for somebody who's going to come in Weber. High energy, low ego. That's what we're looking for. And so when I look at our culture statement, and, I, and, and the second line is, is we respect all employees at every level. And then again, that again talks about the heart and the behavior and how we're going to treat each other with the respect that we should have. When you say that enough and you demonstrate it and you find somebody who's not following that and you try to, to I would rather pull them back in the boat. A lot of companies, you just hit them with the oar and tell them to get away. I want to pull them in. It's a lot easier. It's a lot more cost effective for me to get somebody to understand this is the way we do things here at Weber. And, and you see that. And when somebody won't, again, in our culture statement, it says we won't crucify someone who makes an honest mistake, but we won't tolerate those who won't learn from it. Oh, now, I'm, I'm sitting here um, quoting to you what our culture statement is. Why? Because it's inside who I am. That's what we're trying to get people. But see, when I, uh, you know, when I share about this, you know, uh, when I share a culture statement, I say there's three things. This is a declaration of interdependence. One, it's a, it's a declaration of instruction. When I look at our culture statement, it tells me how I'm supposed to behave. It tells me what the expectations is. It's instruction. But not only instruction, it's influence. It influences the way that I'm going to work and the influence that I have around my teammates that are in here with me. And then the third thing it is, it's, it's inspiration. So instruction, influence, and inspiration. That's what a true culture statement is going to do. That's going to transform what you believe in your heart into what you do every day. 
This is rich stuff, people. Rich stuff. Golden. Um, I love it. Uh, so, I, I mean, I can see that you've got this culture thing down. It sounds like it runs through the heartbeat of how people behave, how they treat one another, how they act. And We're still, make no mistake, we're still getting it done. We're still oh, getting sure. people to, we're, we are in a transformation, always in, at, yeah. that really began about seven or eight years ago that just absolutely changed the projection of what our company is and the, who we are now. And we have to continue it. It's like that marriage. If we if we stop investing in it, then we stop growing, right? And the marriage yeah. starts. So you've got this thing on the post-hire factor. We'll go back to pre-hire yeah. now. And you mentioned yeah. this, con you know, people decide in the first 30 seconds if they like the person, next 59 minutes validating what their original uh, uh, premise was going in. How do you train people, train hiring managers, who often have the ultimate decision there on who's going to be on their team to avoid this kind of gladiator hiring, thumbs up, thumbs down, fit, yeah. no fit, yeah. uh, gut hiring. How do you train them to hire with their head and so that they can actually stay when it doesn't go well, why did it not go well in the hiring pro diagnose that? What, yeah. what kind of processes will Weber have to ensure hiring managers are getting better at quality of hire? They, they have to understand, you know, to take an old Covey saying is you got to begin with the end, right? Where am I going with this project? What does this team look like and where they need to do? Now I got to find the person who's going to fit into that team. Um, when, when you're building your football team, you've got several different positions, but you know, you can't just go hire a quarterback. You can't go just, you know, in the draft good court, you got to have a quarterback that's going to fit the system, that's going to fit what you're doing. And so that's your profile. You understand what that look, you understand what those skills are that's going to fit in the total. It's, it's bigger than one person. And so you, you want to lay that out. And so, um, you know, I think I heard you while ago, you, you talked about head and heart. And, and, and so you understand in your head exactly what we're, we're looking for. And, and, and that'll confirm, not heart first, head first, heart, and then the hand. What are the tangible things that are needed? And, and those are the skills that earlier I talked about uh, in that. But you've got to get people to focus on, on what do we need? What is this person going to bring not only to, the, to the, the, the project, but what will he bring to the team, to it? And you've got to understand that. You know, I, as we interview different people on this topic, Mitch, I, that same question, I said, how do you get that idea that integrated across the bigger platform? You know, they said it's a variety of ways from one-on-one -on -one coaching to group yeah. webinars to topic lunch and learns within their team. Is that similar to how you guys do it to, to yeah. integrate it? Or? Yeah, we do a lot of training. We have HR 101s. We have other meetings that we do. And so we're always talking about uh, approaches. Uh, we use Teams. Like many companies now, we're becoming experts at Zoom and Teams and uh, meetings and stuff and using video. Um, so we're, we're always training development. I have a full-time uh, talent uh, development manager that's on with a team. Um, and so learning is a huge from, from having people tied into LinkedIn learning um, HR processes, HR ways of thinking, you know, the bias, uh, unconscious bias things. So we're always looking at and always looking to develop. 
you know, one of the things, you know, going back to, to your original question, you know, at the beginning, how, how to understand and get those people. One of the questions that we ask is, is when you look at that org chart, right? You got the org chart and it's all there and you look in that box right here, then it says project manager. You, you got to understand what the value of that position is. What, what does this box, this box is either going to cost me money or it's going to make me money in our organization. And by the way, unapologetically, we're in the business to make money. We can have all the other, you know, but at the end of the day, if we don't make money, we're not sustainable. And so how does that box, what is the value inside that box? Those tools, those, those things that that person in that box, what are they going to deliver for the company? And then I got to then match that person. Once I understand the value of the box, now I got to look at this person and go, now, what value does that person bring to that box to accomplish what we need to that? That's what we got to understand. And most people in organizations today, they don't even understand the value of their own box and be able to connect. You want to be unfireable? Understand the value of your position and then how you bring that value to life. You'll be the last one. They shut the door. You and the president will be the last two walking out if you'll do that. 100% Mitch, you're speaking our language again because um, we're a performance-driven organization. So we, we help companies with performance-driven hiring. And so we talk about five performance objectives for each role. If you're willing to spend 100 grand, the value, you know, the spend on that role, what are the key five objectives that that person's doing that would signify that that's a valuable role within the organization. Um, but like your end, in, is your end in mind to start with, yeah. you start with that so you know your baseline of what you're looking for in the hiring process. You interview candidates against that baseline, head, heart, and briefcase, performance objectives. Now you hired them, but then you manage them in your reviews, quarterly conversations, weekly conversations Absolutely. against all those same criteria so they always know where they stand and yep. you always know where, you know, where you can pivot, adjust, coach to raise the bar um, to make yeah. sure you're, you're optimizing that box. Yeah. Otherwise it's a, it's a waste, right? And, so, that, and that's the value. We call those high payoff activities. What are the high payoff activities in this box? What is it that that person has to do? Those, those three, four, five, six things, if they don't do it, then we're in trouble. And those are a pie pie activity. We, we live in a world that we're just so noisy and so busy. I had a professor in, in, in college, I, I played baseball and he used to give a, a history test and it would always be an essay. And, and you can have five topics that you're gonna write on. Now, he was a really wise, smart guy. And, but he would pull the topic that you're gonna write out on the day of the test. So you could take your chances and go, I'll study one and hope he pulls that out, or I'll study two or three and improve my chance, or I have to study all five of them to go, and he would pull it out and you would write on it. But he, he really wasn't keen on athletes that much. And he used to say to us, there were about four or five of us baseball players in there, and he used to say, for you baseball players in here, he goes, just write anything. I'll look for points for you. And he would always end it this way, if you can't hit the nail, beat the board. But you know what? In our, in our companies, people are so busy beating the board. They're noisy. They're working. They're busier than ever accomplishing nothing. 
because they don't know what the nail is. They don't know what the high payoff activity is that they need to be hitting every day. And you see, that's where the value in the company. You know, I said a few minutes ago, when you come in the doors in the morning, you're either making money or you're losing money. Based on the activities that you're pulling, that's value. That's right? 100%, so. Mitch. I mean, Jonathan, and you know, we preach all day long that you have to align your people strategy with your performance objectives. Absolutely. And there's so much beating the board all over the place that a lot of companies don't even know what's actually happening other than they have a final financial statement. And they don't know how to cross-relate that back to a positive or negatives within the organization, mm -hmm. right? And so it's just not tied together, but love what you're saying because it's spot on. Yeah, and, and your, your financial statement is nothing but a picture of results. You know, it's a, it's, it's, it's a lagging indicator on how well you really did or you didn't do. And if that's what you're waiting to drive your company is, is the bottom line on that, you're going to miss it a lot of times. And so you've got to understand strategically what it is that we need to accomplish each person in those positions. And that's why the hiring process is so valuable and understanding those performance metrics that that is going to create that value in that position and then deliver on that. If I deliver my part and you deliver your part, if we understand that and collaboratively together work on that, we're going to have success. 100%. Yeah, and you get in, I think hiring managers don't always get that until they go through the pain of having some misses. And then they start to listen and how can I improve? Because the pain of a bad hire is hurts yeah. them. It hurts the team. It hurts the company. Yeah. Um, and so it's such a big point, but you always got to tie it to the why, right? So the hiring team has to understand the why. So they will spend some time to improve. Um, and it's, it's a process. It's a transformation that you're building into your culture yeah. all the time. And, and, and you're going to make those mistakes sometimes. You're going you're gonna to have that person who just for whatever reason, they great interview, great everything. They're not, but what can you learn from that? Do the post. You know, we, we do the exit interviews with the employees, but what's the exit interview with yourself? Did you ask yourself or did you ask your team, where do we miss it on here? What was missing? And kind of a post on that and so that we can apply that uh, to our next hire and just move just a little bit. Uh, 100%. Well, Mitch, hey, we appreciate your time. Unbelievable insight. I think people you know, will enjoy listening to this. So, okay. hey, thanks again for your time and, and look forward to staying connected. All right. Thanks, guys. So good. So good.